I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 33 and preview of round 34. This episode is brought to you by Expansion, a how-to book by Bob Bradley. Oh, wait, no. Um, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by usual co-hosts, Mike Denton and Blaine Riffle, and I'd also like to welcome tonight's special guest, Tim Shaw from SoccerCaptains.com for our penultimate regular season uh, MLSFI episode. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Doing okay. Hey guys, thanks for having me back. Uh, yeah. Penultimate, <clears throat> love that. Love that. <laughs> I, I wait all season to be able to to say penultimate. It's it's actually one of my my favorite things of the year. So yeah, it doesn't have it doesn't often come up where you get to use things like that. Well, hey, so no. it's really the <laughs> ultimate objective for this podcast is to use. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's you, quite you ironic. Got it. I we're not here to actually provide fantasy advice. It's just <clears throat> so I have an excuse to say penultimate once a year. That's. That's it. You figured it all out, Mike. <laughs> I'm only here to mispronounce names, so it's good to find out what Reed's actually here for. Right. No. Yeah. We're here to. We're also that's that's the secondary reason, just to, to butcher to butcher names. Um, well, we've said penultimate. It's time to butcher some names. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, before we get there, I, I talked about Bob Bradley in our little uh, joke intro just a second ago, and just real quick, I just want to ask you guys a, a question: Is is he getting enough attention for the success that LAFC has achieved? They're tied for most points right now for an expansion team, getting ready to break it most likely. Uh, they're second in the West, they're fourth in the Shield, and they've already exceeded the total points that Atlanta and New York City FC did on their expansion years. So um, do, you, do you think that's getting enough attention? Anybody? No. Lily thinks it's not. Lily thinks it's not. Tim, you're you're up there in the New York area. You hear lots of people talk about these things. I mean, you know, as a as a team, yes, um, they are getting a decent amount of attention, especially from uh, MLSsoccer.com, which you know, yeah, it does have a little bit of an East Coast bias. Um, however, you know, the story with Atlanta last year sort of seemed to like the amount that Atlanta was talked about seemed is way more than. And they're talking about LAFC this year, got to say. I mean, maybe it's because the whole city was involved and it was a soccer explosion down there versus just another good team in the league. Maybe that was part of it. But, yeah, I think we well, talked about a fair amount, but probably not enough considering what they've achieved. And I think Atlanta had that huge home run where they just went off and they were just blowing people out of the water. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it's hard to compare LAFC to that. Even though on points generally, LAFC is doing better. Um, I also think it's a little Atlanta's got more attention because Atlanta was doing it against bigger teams. Um, you know, the Eastern Conference was the better conference last year. I think it's the better conference again this year, um, with a lot of the Western teams that are going to make it into the playoffs really kind of struggling. Um, whereas, you know, in the East, really only Columbus kind of fits that bill. Um, but I mean, I, I think it's incredible what they've been able to do. Um, 
I mean, it's totally stole the thunder for LA. Although I think that's another part of the. If if they had beaten the Galaxy one of these times, I think it would have helped a lot. They didn't really get the wins in the prime time, and you know most people don't have ESPN Plus, so if you don't win in the prime time, you don't get quite the same shine. But I mean, I don't think there's any reason why they can't go to MLS Cup. They've certainly been good enough to do it. Yeah, I think they're on their way there. I, I think it hasn't really gotten the attention it totally has deserved. Uh, so that's why I wanted to mention it right now, especially after just the smackdown they gave to a weakened Houston side, uh, racking up some great fantasy points last week. So hats off to LAFC for the success that they've been doing, uh, been doing, been achieving, and uh, the fantasy points they've been generating for all of us who have been smart enough to go with their players at their time spoilers coming up soon uh so let's talk about round 33 guys i want to just in in one big lump right here tell me how your team did and then give a quick review your biggest surprise from the round your biggest disappointment from the round and your most important fantasy takeaway takeaways if it's kind of neck and neck uh tim let's go with you sure um i scored 87 points on the round which uh was good for 852nd overall for the week and it sends me to 251 overall um you know my big mistake was logging in just a few minutes before kickoff on friday night and switching my captain away from vela and to carlos quintero i think we're gonna have an echo box right here for this yeah yeah uh, that cost me uh what <laughs> 20, 25 points yeah 20, it's 26. not not fun um but other than that, um, did pretty well. You know, all of my defensive players earned uh, clean sheets, I believe. Yeah, we did. So, you know, good defensive performances, bonus points in the midfield, even if we didn't really find the score sheet and uh, Vela up top. But, yeah, um, decent week overall. Uh, sucks a little bit about how the Vela captaincy turned out, but or lack thereof. Um, but overall, pretty satisfied. Bling. Yeah, I mean, I had 86 points. I think my biggest mistake this week was not asking Lily who to pick for my captain. Um, as you guys know, I was pretty high on Quintero on the show last week, and I didn't change from that because I didn't ask Lily. So right before tonight's show, I asked her about last week's captain and this week's captain. And she, of course, she pointed at Quintero's card and then grabbed the Vela card out of my hand and wouldn't let me have it back. <laughs> so I think she made her, her choice very clear to me. So... Listen to Lily. She's got a captain pick again this week. Um, I'm glad I didn't go with the Miller to whoever uh, goalkeeper switch. I stuck with it was Shuttleworth who became Lampson into Hamid and doubled up on the DC doubled up on the DC defense and with Zimmerman 86. Um, I mean, I know Tim said 87. Round rank for me was uh, 944. I think that top 800 or so spot, 700 spots, probably all Captain Vela. I was kind of running through some numbers. Unless you did something really crazy, there's like 87, 90 is probably the max you got if you didn't Captain Vela, just with the standard picks I was seeing kind of out for everybody. So I'll take my 86. It was a, I, I went up in the overall standings. I love that how you're how you say it. I didn't go to keeper so instead I changed my keeper three times. So that's no, no, no. I didn't go with that keeper the Miller to uh, Shuttleworth. I went with the uh, Shuttleworth who became Lampson because wherever Shuttleworth was, right, right, no, no, because you ended up having to change it multiple times to be able to. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I like that. Just made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. 
got you got because MLS right there, Mike. Uh, well, I got because MLS a little harder. I got seventy-seven. Uh, also, was drinking whatever it was that we were all drinking Friday night when we all switched from Vela to Contero. Um, I don't know what that was, but it was. Just, we should not drink it again. It was kombucha. Um, <laughs> um, but to make it even worse is that after I woke up on Saturday and saw that Miller had not got a clean sheet and only got three points, and then saw that Shuttleworth was not going to be able to start, I transferred out Fagundes for Rowe so that I could have like a New England midfielder because I needed the extra money. So that didn't work out for Lampson. Plus, I missed out on Fagundes' 10 points and said so just got Rowe's four points. So that was a um, disappointment. Plus, I had Farrell in my team and for some reason, he didn't play, and so I missed out on New England's clean sheet, even though I had New England pegged for a clean sheet there. And so it was just disappointment and sadness all around. But honestly, with this round, there was nothing going to be anything else. Uh, now I have the same sort of story as, I guess, almost I guess everybody on the podcast had this time. Um, I got – well, I guess I'll start my, my point total. I got 73 points for this round. Uh, that's without getting any points from any keeper because I was uh, going to go with – uh, a little switcheroo there with Shuttleworth, who didn't play, and I missed that for some stuff I was doing on the weekend at a, at a campaign rally for my dad, and uh, didn't have the budget to bring anybody else in because I had done some other moves that just I just said forget it. Um, moved my Vela captain to Quintero, so missed out on 25 points there. Well, had I gotten those points, I think I would have had 98 for the round uh, just with the Vela captain with those 27 points was outrageous. Uh, so definitely. The, the biggest surprise from the round has to be the Colorado away win at Minnesota. Just the production that Quintero had had from uh, week to week, especially at home, I think justifies why several of us switched from Vela to Quintero just due to that um, awful history for Chicago, Colorado as well. Uh, so that's clearly the biggest surprise for this round. My biggest disappointment, though, you would think these would be the same, but no, my biggest disappointment is the low production from the go-to D.C. offensive players. I went heavy with D.C. with Acosta, Assad, and Rooney. Uh, Acosta got five, Rooney got three, Assad got six. So uh, would have hoped for a little bit more, though, as we did say last week, Dallas was the harder, the hardest of the four matches last round. Uh, and they got the win, and so that's helped them out to, to bump them into the playoff picture right now. So ultimate goal was accomplished, but not from the players who I had hoped for. So that's my biggest disappointment. Most important takeaway, uh, as we saw some with Minnesota and as we clearly saw with Orlando, it's rotation time, guys. Uh, that's the point of the season that we're in. Thought it would have happened a little bit earlier, but with some of these teams still in the playoff picture, uh, it's understandable that now is when we're seeing a lot of this. So lots of rotations needs to factor in to your fantasy choices going forward, make checking those lineups. I know not everybody likes that, but it makes checking lineups as they're released very important. You could find some great differentials here or some big disappointments uh, like we had with Shuttleworth last round. So that's round 33. It was quick. Round 34, the last double game week of the 2018 season. And boy, is it a good one in my opinion. We have seven teams in total. On a double game week, we have DC United, we have Orlando, stick with me, uh, double home game, uh, they're double home game, sorry, DC United and Orlando are the double home game, double game week teams. The double away game, double game week teams, are Seattle, Sporting Kansas City, and Toronto, and then both RSL 
and uh, Vancouver split their double game. So RSL is home than away, and Vancouver is also home than away. So some pretty interesting uh, combinations here. Uh, this is also, just to make sure everybody knows, this is RSL's decision day. Uh, so they do not play in round 35. So whatever happens to RSL at the end of this double game week for them, that is it. That's where they are. They're on the bubble. They just have to sit back and wait. Jason, I'm so sorry. I'm sure that will be very nerve-wracking for you. But uh, so round 34, RSL decision day. Quick update uh, for the teams that are still in the playoff race, not eliminated, not confirmed. We have Columbus, uh, D.C. United, Montreal, Portland, Seattle, RSL, LA Galaxy, and Vancouver. Of those teams, D.C., Seattle, and RSL are all the ones with the double game week this time. So really keep an eye on them as they need to get results to secure places right there. Teams on a bye, nobody. Everybody's playing this round. So if you're looking for those switcheroo uh, players to help activate that. Look for the teams playing last later in the in the schedule because they're the ones who are going to give you the value players and give you the most time to react to potential changes. Uh, Patreon, thank you so much, everyone, for your continued support all this season. I'm off on fall break uh, right now, so tomorrow I will be working very hard to get all of the swag put together and mailed out, or at least getting ready to mail it out for this week uh, so that you can get all the awesome things like scarves and pint glasses and the new stickers that you all have earned for your continued support. I'm going to be going back through all the months to make sure I catch everyone in case you've had to stop donating, which is understandable um, throughout the season. So uh, thank you so much, everyone, for what you've done. And uh, we're going to see what we can do for next season. I'll get a survey out to find out what kinds of interactions and just prizes and gifts and tiers that you want to get the most out of this show. And we've got some fun ideas that I think uh, people might like as well. So thank you so much, Patreon. If you don't know what that is, it's just the way that our listeners can get back to the show to help us uh, be able to make it more fun with prizes and cover our hosting fees and, and do things like that to, to help give back to the community. If you want to learn more, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And now for the injury news. All right. Uh, well, just as a reminder, Almiron is injured. He, Even though Atlanta is saying he's uh, week to week, um, he's been largely reported to be missing the rest of the regular season, so don't count on him against uh, Chicago. Um, now for the midweek games, the biggest problem we have is that we are still part of the international break. Um, this means that a lot of players are still coming back. A lot of these um, last games are like Tuesday, so if they're on Tuesday, they're probably not going to be um, ready to go um, for Wednesday or Thursday um, if it's the RSL-Vancouver uh, matchup. Um, so, but here, so here are the ones so you have to deal with internationals again. So let, let's go through the, the list again. Um, for DC, just as a reminder, O'Neill Fisher is out for, um, the rest of the season. Um, Paul Ariola, I think will be back. Um, he's been dealing with the death in the family. Um, but I think he'll be back, um, for the midweek game, but be aware about of that situation. Um, their only absences are Moreno and, uh, Segura. Uh, let's see, going down the list. Um, sorry, I got to scroll a little bit to the next team, which is Orlando. And they have a lot of people who are missing. Um, Tar Tarek is gone. El Munir um, is gone. And he plays on the 16th, which is tomorrow. Um, Tarek, and then uh, the, obviously the biggest one is Yoshi Otun, who is, will be with Peru against their friendly um, with the United States. 
Uh, for RSL, they have a few uh, red cards, uh, notably Kyle Beckerman. Um, they also are probably going to be missing Jao Plata, who's off on international duty, Albert Rusnak, who's off on international duty, and Jefferson Saberino, who's off on international duty. Um, so that's a big miss. Um, for Seattle, the big question is, and you remember this from two weeks ago, or two fantasy weeks ago, um, is Ladero and Rui Diaz. Both of them have um, uh, friendlies. Now, Ladero is only listed on they played against Korea, so he may be back because that was on the 12th. That's the only one that's listed here. But Rui Diaz is with Peru against their game against the United States. So I don't know that he's going to be um, available. Uh, also, they'll probably be missing Svensson. Um, and I think that's it. Just double-checking the list. And, yeah. Um, for Sporting Kansas City, um, not too many of the big names. Felipe Gutierrez will be gone. Uh, Christian Nemeth um, will be out. And I think that's it. Um, for Toronto, um, one of the big news, I don't think I said this earlier, um, Victor Vasquez is out for the year. He's got a knee injury to finally fix with the ailment that's been bothering him um, this whole year. Um, <clears throat> Giovinco, Italy's friendly was today, but I, I suspect that with TFC out that they will not have him uh, come back um, since he's flying back from Europe. Um, Michael Bradley uh, will probably miss with uh, the match against Peru. And um, other than like people like Jay Chapman and Ashton Morgan, not a whole and Tosan Ricketts uh, and Osorio, not a whole lot of names for TFC, but it does kind of affect your depth. Now for Vancouver, you know they pretty much have everyone you want to play on your fantasy team except for Kai Kamara. Lane and I will talk about that later. Um, they're all going to be gone in international duty. So Alfonso Davies is with Canada. Um, Jordi Reyna. Uh, is with Peru. Ty Bear is with Canada, and Kendall Watson is with Costa Rica. So um, that's it for the injury news. Um, and I will get to y'all a um, a list of who is on um, yellow card warning whenever MLS puts that out. But you know you have to be following me. Um, and also, Sonny is um, also suspended for uh, yellow card accumulation. And Vanderwill had a red card last week. Did you mention so, Beckerman? Yes, I said Becker. Okay. So RSL suspensions are Beckerman and Sonny. Um, they're going to miss that first game against New England. Um, <clears throat> Dom Dwyer will be coming back from his suspension um, for yellow card accumulation. Um, he served that against New England uh, this past week. And then Vanderweel is serving a red card suspension um, for the first game against D.C. Yeah, that's uh, that's huge for RSL as that that New England game probably the the best shot they have for some some points before they they are done. And I also mentioned Yotun is listed as being suspended for the game against Seattle. I don't know if that will actually be counted since he's on international duty. Um, maybe the Orlando can get that one to count, but be aware that that's sometimes a tricky situation between clubs and MLS as to when that counts and when you're on international duty. So just be aware about that if you're trying to roll with Yoshi. All right. Anybody else want to add anything? Nope. Uh, Mike, right. uh, just just make sure you breathe, man. That was, that was, uh, that was something <laughs> that was very impressive. Ooh. All right. Yeah, Ooh, I, I don't know about breathing, but I have a, an ice-cold beverage here that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a oh, sip. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right, thank you so much, Mike, for that uh, information right there. Moving on to our round 34 player preview and player picks. Uh, as I said a few weeks ago, we switched up 
this section just to see how it worked better, make it more back and forth conversation instead of just team by team by team. I've gotten good feedback from this so far. Uh, please let me know what you think on Twitter or uh, on, on Reddit or send me an email, whatever you'd like to, to do. Let me know what you think. If people like it, this is the first time trying it with a big double game week. Uh, so please let me know. So far, I'm think, thinking this is what it's going to look like in 2019, uh, unless people tell me otherwise. So let's get started, guys. Uh, uh, just a general discussion. Start talking about keepers. Mike, who do you like? Favorite matchups, top picks? <clears throat> Um, so defensively, I'm really kind of looking at, at at three teams this week. Um, weirdly enough, the only team that's really at home in those is DC United. Um, I don't think you need me to talk about how good um, DC United's been, but I mean they're going to be playing against a Toronto team that's clearly already looking towards CCL next year. Um, you know, Vasquez is off for for the surgery. I'm, I doubt Michael Bradley will play coming back from international duty. I doubt Giovinco will play. Um, I mean, Josie Altidore is making waves about wanting to move on and, you know, get a transfer maybe to Mexico, maybe to Syria. Who knows where that situation is going to end up. But regardless, I don't see a whole lot of Toronto from this double game week and, and certainly not in this matchup against D.C. where D.C. is trying to fight for a playoff spot and maybe even a home game uh, in that first round. Um I mean, they do have a tough game against New York City, but, I mean, New York City has been very inconsistent since Dome Torrent has come back. I mean, even if New York City does get Angel Herrera back for this game, I don't expect them to play a, a whole lot. Um, so it's hard to look at them, look past D.C. compared to some of the other teams. Um, I mean, Seattle, I think, would be a better pick if they had – Seattle and Sporting Kansas City, excuse me, would be better to pick if they had any home games, but they're both on the, on the road, as Reed said earlier. Um but honestly, those are the other two teams I'm looking at. Um, yeah, they are on the road, and we know how much that's important, but they have a double game week, and frankly, your home team, I mean, you're going to go with Orlando without their better defenders? No. Vancouver? No. So I think those are the three teams. I have Hamid for keeper. Um, give me the guy with the two home starts you know, over the other guys that just kind of have those other teams for defenders, as we'll get to. Blaine, Tim. Uh, how do you weigh in on that issue of uh, maybe going with an away team this week? Uh, I'm not doing it, man. I listen. It's it's pretty straightforward. Home team, double game week. I'm going to go with Bill Hamid. Um, maybe I'll pair him off with Tyler Miller as a single, just in case Hamid doesn't get a clean sheet. But uh, frankly, even just having a four point floor is uh, is more advantageous than a single week guy. And you know, I don't like going with keepers on the road that are uh, playing twice. Yeah, if it wasn't a double home game for Hamid, <clears throat> I'd be looking at Ramondo and Fry. Um, New England hasn't been that strong. That gives RSL, even without some players, a chance to get that clean sheet. They're just looking for two wins. This is it for them. And then on the road to Portland's a tough game, but they know they know what they've got to do to get it done. And that's a three-point swing against Portland if they can go in there and get that win. Um, I look for Hamid to, or for Ramondo to have a good game either way. If you're looking for a differential, maybe that's where you go. But I don't think you can bet against the double game week for Hamid at home. So I'm just going to say I don't know if I w would go with any RSL defenders. Um, I mean, RSL just got pasted 4-1 against Portland, and that was at home for the – I don't think that they're going to do much better going on the road to Providence Park, um, especially not having as many players as they're going to have midweek. Um, 
you know, and coming off a midweek game to start with, I, I don't see that that is a good defensive matchup. And I did mention that New England was probably their best chance for a win, but New England's actually been doing better at this end of the season. They've unfortunately sort of turned things around too late in the year to make it matter, but they're maybe kind of playing for pride right now. So it might not be what I'm getting at. Maybe not might not be as much of a rollover game uh, as as people might expect sometimes near the end of the year. And and honestly, New England has been scoring. So I mean, it's only been like one goal. I mean, they have a lot of like one one draws or you know kind of low scoring, and they they, they give up more chances, um, but they usually do get get one on the on the scoreboard. All right. Well, it seems like we're pretty much at a consensus with keepers. Let's move on. Uh, to defenders, Blaine, start us off with this one. Same thing, favorite, least favorite. Uh, be sure to work in some clean sheet conversation, though, into this one. Yeah, I mean, with all the talk of D.C., I mean, you've got to you got pick your poison on the back line there. I've currently got Birnbaum in my lineup, but, I mean, any really any of those guys are getting some points. Uh, depends on what your budget can handle on this one, but uh, D.C.'s got to be on your radar for at least one of these spots in the back line possibly two, depending on how you want to configure the rest of your team. And then, like I said, I'm kind of on the RSL kick. I know their, I know their clean sheet chances may not be what everybody else wants, but you're looking at double game week teams. Um, Mike and I will get into it a little bit later, but I don't necessarily see Kansas City getting two clean sheets this week. I don't know if they get one given the matchups they've got. Dallas is a good team, and I just get that sinking feeling we're going to give up at least one goal against Vancouver. That seems to kind of be our the way we go against them. Um, I just I don't see very many clean sheet opportunities, which brings me to my final team. And if I had two defender slots for this one, I would be putting two defenders back here, and that's Seattle. Um, Orlando will get Dwyer back, but Seattle's right in the middle of that playoff hunt. Um, if Portland slips up at all, I mean, well, if Seattle wins out, they leapfrog Portland and it's done and over with. So, I mean, they're looking at that fourth spot, um, home game in the home game in the wild card. I mean, they've got a lot to play for here and it's Orlando followed up by Houston. And I know Houston's a little dangerous too at home, but Houston's done. Um, they've got some guys that do play internationals here. I don't know what that's going to do to legs. So I'm really big on Seattle's defense this week. Um, I just think they're going to put up the bonus points over the double game week. And I don't think you can really find anybody else better. So I've got Leardom in there. He's had the offensive presence lately. So that gives me a chance to go the other way. Uh, one RSL defender, it'll kind of depend on what the lineup looks like, but it's probably going to be glad just because of the price. And then I've got Sinovic for Kansas City on the bench just as a potential option and eats up some of the rest of my budget that was left over. So, Tim, I really want you to talk about Philadelphia. Maybe you weren't going to talk about them, but they're playing your Red Bulls. You guys are in. Uh, Philadelphia is in. But they've had some success defensively this season. Uh, so, I just real quick, I, I just want to know if, if they've even been a blip on your radar before you get into to the deep bit. Um. Frankly, I think it's going to be a 2-1 win, so I'm not – and which direction? I'm going to say the Red Bulls, but I feel like Philly might pull it out here and uh, basically gift Atlanta the shield, which actually I don't really hate because I think Atlanta plays D.C., presuming that D.C. advances to the next round. Um, wouldn't hate that, but no, Philly hasn't really been on my radar this round. I think there's just too many – 
too many better <clears throat> matchups for guys on double duty. And that three o'clock time slot on Saturday is a little tough. You know, you're, you're playing at the same time as half the league and you don't have the benefit of seeing whether or not some of your uh, double game week teams are able to get at least one clean sheet before you slot them in. So if I'm looking at a single game week team on the defensive side, it's it's going to be in the five o'clock slot on uh, on, on Sunday. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt if you had anything else to add about the current discussion. No. Um, I mean, so for defenders, uh, I'm looking myself at three teams. I think, uh, you know, myself and Blaine line up a lot, except for his his insane RSL fixation. No, I'm kidding, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it because it brings me back to the days when, when Jason was on the podcast. It's <laughs> like, oh, it's great. <laughs> no, I've um, I'm going with uh, Seattle defender, Portland defender, and uh, Graham Zuzi. It's probably going to be Villafania for Portland and uh, Leardom for for Seattle, um, and then maybe I'll throw uh, Walker Zimmerman in there, you know, as a uh, a switch out if uh, if one of these if all these guys get a uh, get at least one clean sheet this weekend. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not even confident in LAFC's ability to keep a clean sheet against Vancouver. I think someone's – how many times is Kai Kamara just going to get balls lobbed to him this game it's, or this week? It's going to be nuts. So one of those is going to go in. So before we move on, I just want to talk about Montreal real quick. They are now seventh in the East. Uh, they're struggling to try to get to that sixth spot, uh, one game behind – DC and you mentioned Mike some of the absences that Toronto is going to have on their offensive side does that mm -hmm. boost anything with Montreal for you guys even as a differential bench pick anybody um I don't know how much it boosts me from Montreal just because that is a rivalry um I mean I, I could definitely see you going with um Piotti or Tider um as kind of an auto rue on the bench um you know kind of differential pick um, I don't see it as being good enough to get into like the main starting lineup um, just because you kind of have to pick over a few other guys and, and, and we'll get to those guys when, when we get it. And, and as far as defenders, I just don't trust Montreal's defense now. I mean, um, especially because at that point, you know, Giovinco might play just to kind of get a ride, you know, ride out. Same with Josie Altidore and, you know, th they can put one past Montreal. So, I don't see enough in that matchup to make me put them over double game week guys. And I think it's also important to remember about Montreal that uh, they're they're kind of expensive for the position they are. Um, their top two defenders are over eight million. Their third place defender is is seven point four, and then their fourth highest scoring defender is Duval, who missed a huge chunk of the season until the six minutes he got last week. So uh, their defense has not been that productive, but I thought it was important to talk about this since you did mention uh, Atlanta, <clears throat> Toronto uh, before with their offense. And I mean, it's, it's uh playoff time. So we know people are going to get scrappy as they're, as they're going forward. Uh, let's move on to midfield. Now uh, this is a great position, huge points available here. Mike's already mentioned that Atlanta will be gone, and those call-ups, I think, are going to impact some of the Seattle options. Maybe we're on a, a Lodi watch again to see what happens here, but Tim, kick us off. Uh, what are your thoughts at midfield? Yeah, so um, I'm glad I get to go first because uh, the first two names that come out of my mouth are probably going to be the same as everybody else. Uh, Lucha Acosta, Yamil Assad, both of those guys are locked and loaded in my lineup. Um, 
you know, DC's in the playoff hunt. They're playing really well, and they're playing twice at home. So, if, hell, I mean, if you could go three, <laughs> if you're just going to forsake all DC defenders and go with three, why not? But, um, yeah, going Lucha and Yamil. And then I've got John Soccer, old Johnny Soccer, Johnny Russell on the bench. Uh, I know he's got a bit of a long trip coming back, but he's like a fun high upside switcheroo play for me this week. So I've got him in there. Um, and then I'm going with two Seattle midfielders at the moment. You know, you mentioned Lodi watch before, and he'll definitely be in there if uh, if he cracks the starting lineup. But right now I've got uh, Christian Roldan and uh, Victor Rodriguez in there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I'm running, I'm running in the 3-4-3 right now with, with Johan Russell on the bench. I like that. I like it's very strong right there. I'm going to throw this question from Reddit to you uh, real quick. People want to know, is Kleshjian done? I know you you and Sasha go way back. So, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's Orlando, um, so it's not really a fun question. But I, want, I mean, he's connected to you, so I thought you were the perfect person to answer this. Yeah, I mean, you know, when the, we had that really awkward, weird interaction exactly. uh, in Hoboken last year, so right around <laughs> this time, I'd say. Um, yeah, um, no, I think it's insane that you you look at him in fantasy and he's priced at six point five. That's just it's bonkers. But yeah, I mean, I I'm staying away from Orlando. We have no idea who's going to be in that lineup. It could be anybody, right? You know, they're going to try and get as many fresh faces in there. If I was them. I would get as many fresh faces in there as I could. And, uh, you know, the big money guys, you know, get them, just get them rested. Don't get them injured coming into next season. Yeah, they, they've seemed to have all the pieces for so long, and they've been uh, very tempting for fantasy options at times with Yotun and Kleshin and, and Marum for a while down there. And, and they had some, uh, some youth that was, that was putting up some numbers for a while as well. And it's just been self-destruct, but uh, you're right. Uh, Blaine, Mike, jump on here. Uh, are you not going with Acosta and Assad, as Tim thought? Uh, who else are you looking at? Uh, I'm not going with the two of them. And I, I guess the, the real question is, um, I think all of us are going to have four DC players this week. I mean, they're one of two play uh, double game week teams with um, two home games. Um, and as opposed to Orlando, they're super hot, whereas Orlando is hot garbage. So the question is, which four? Um, obviously, you want to have Lucho Acosta, and we all said Hamid. So if you have a sod, that means you either have to take out a DC defender or you have to not have uh, Wayne Rooney. Um, for me, you know, spoilers, I'm going to have Wayne Rooney on there. Um, I really like his chances against both teams um, this week, but um, I'm, I'm interested to see how Tim went through Assad versus uh, Rooney. Well, I think the big question comes to Assad versus a defender. Or that too. I'm with Mike here. Um, I think the real question is, do you drop Assad for the extra cash, or drop Rooney and bring in Assad for the extra cash, given your other forward options this week, which we'll get into in a minute? Um, I don't think you can sacrifice uh, DC Defender and Hamid. I think you really need two in the back. We were kind of going on, okay, maybe Seattle. Depends on how you want to play the front line with Seattle. But, I mean... Beyond those two teams, I think we were all kind of evenly split on who we're looking at. Tim, you said Zussi. That's more for offensive production, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. for my back line, I'm just going diversification here. I've got Bill Hamid and the goal, and then I've got three different teams for my back line. Yeah. I mean, none of us really have a 
third, fourth team looking at clean sheets. Um, Zimmerman's got the offensive threat, but is he really going to score goals in back-to-back weeks like that? I mean, you've got that type of thing going. I think your trade-off is do you sacrifice Rooney for a midfielder who could get equal production for less money? And personally for me, no, I'm only going with Acosta in my lineup. Uh, I'm with Tim, though. Ladero is going to play this week. These are two important of games. Um, I have no doubts that he's going to be in that lineup, just like I captained him two weeks ago when he was when he went off for a decent double game week or decent single, whatever that was. Um, and then uh, Roldan's got to be in there, too. Um, I just look at who Seattle's playing, even though they're on the road. Those are weak defenses. When it's not Ladero making the moves, it's Roldan. So grab him. And then my sleeper single-game week pick is Julian Gressel. If Almiron's out, um, he's the kind of the next guy up that's been making all the plays and really filling that void. I know Barco's got the name recognition, but Gressel's been the workhorse all year long, and he's kind of that next guy up. So if Almiron's out, Gressel's got at least got to be on your radar, if not on your bench in an auto spot. Yeah, I, I was going to say I have Gressel in, in my starting lineup. Um, you know, if this was a single game week, uh, we'll be talking a lot more about Atlanta. And I'm, I, I didn't get a chance to talk about this in the defender section. But if you're looking for a single game week um, defender, to me, it's in Atlanta. Um, Chicago is, I mean, we all know how good Atlanta is at home. Chicago's not that great offensively. And you can get someone like LGP or, you know, any of your Atlanta defenders and kind of slot them in there. Maybe use Guzan as the keeper um, although it doesn't really work time-wise, you'll only be able to see one of the uh, matchups. But, I mean, Gressel, I mean, his past few weeks, um, he's got double digits out out of the three out of the last five times. One of the other times was an eight, and the only dud was a three at New York Red Bulls, and a lot of difference between at New York Red Bulls and at home against Chicago. So I think Gressel is a really great option at 11 point, is it 11 11.3, 11.9? Um, so 11.9. 11.9. So... I, I think he's a really good um, option. Um, some other we haven't we haven't talked about Ozzy Alonso is kind of consistent. He hasn't been as um, high point BP generating as usual, but he's only eight point six, so you can count on him for at least eight. Um, and I mean, I know Sasha Kleshin hasn't had a great year, but you know what? They're at home twice, so I'm kind of rolling the dice with him at home. Although I may change that if I need the money for Ladero. Um, because I, now I, don't, I guess the big question would be, I don't know that I can roll both with Rolled On and Ladero um, price-wise. So um, I, I, I'm, would y'all just drop uh, Rolled On for Ladero, or would y'all try to have them both on the team? I'm going to try to have them both personally, but uh, yeah, it, might be, it might be a tough task. Yeah, for me it's both. Um, if you have to drop one, it's got to be drop Rolled On. Yeah. I think those are some good discussions for uh, like Rodon versus Assad or not. But I, I think there's merit to some of the conversation of Assad versus uh, a DC defender. I mean, we've seen uh, Assad contribute a lot to the DC offense. And with two games, there's, there's two chance for, for him to do two home game, two chance for him to do that. I mean, he was involved until, uh, this last round, he was he had three assists over three games. The two in his first one back, and then one, and then he had the two duds now. But he's he's contributed so much to the offense that I think 
compared to what a defender might get, uh, even if they're not going to get two clean sheets, which it seemed like we were a little uh, undecided upon, that they might be getting maybe eight, if we're saying it'd be a four-point floor for them. Uh, Assad could have five, so he could be a 10 or a 12 coming in as a floor without much production. Now, he has had those games where he's had two or three, so his his floor is not as, as solid mm-hmm. as those. Uh, but I think there's a lot of merit to that conversation of dropping a D.C. defender, uh, maybe going with two Sporting Kansas City or two Seattle and seeing what happens there um, and and then seeing what kind of production he can give you with two home games. But uh, I like part of that conversation is how good, how well do you feel about the other defenders? You know, because it's, it's, if you feel like, because I mean, to me, part of the reason I want to go with the DC is I don't see a whole lot of other DDW defenders. I mean, I'm like, literally I have my other defenders are from teams that have two away games. (laughs) You know, that's kind of the weird and heavily weigh on those away teams. Yes. No, you're totally right. Because I agree. Uh, trusting RSL with with clean sheets, not necessarily great with the Portland beatdown and missing some key midfield options against New England. Uh, Vancouver is a who's who of who is that is what their team is going to be this next week. Um, and Orlando, while at times has done okay on defense, it's when they've had 11 guys back defending and and you never know what's going to happen with them. But uh, yeah, if you do want to swap Assad, it does – bring in that conversation of are you comfortable with away defenders all right, so. all right reed i'll i'll add some to this if you're gonna go Assad versus burnbaum i think it's a wash because you're at the 9.4 and 9.3 million for both players uh with burnbaum being just a slight bit cheaper um i think Assad's potential is probably better there but i think his ceiling's higher no no conversation yeah. with that he has yeah. a higher ceiling yeah and and I mean, I'll give you that. I think if you're looking at that, it's a wash. But when you start looking at Mora, who is the next guy up behind Burnbaum, he's at, what is he at? He's at 7.2. And then you got Briant down there at 6.5. Now you're making this argument of three, two to three million more for a midfielder who, yes, could go off and could have an insane week. But look at the look at the matchups. We were talking about how gutted Toronto FC is going to be. That works on both sides of the ball. Yep. But who's going to be who's going to be exploiting that more in the offense? Is that going to be Assad getting the chances, or is that going to be Acosta and Rooney running the show? I mean, it kind of depends on how you feel on that. But you can pretty safely bet that the defenders are going to be having a better game consistently all around. And then I hate to do this to you, Mike, but the second game for DC is. New York City FC. Um, the way they've been playing lately, I don't know what's going to happen here, but DC's in the hunt. They've got everything to play for here on the road or at home on this one. New York's coming in, lackluster performances quite a bit lately. I I don't know. I think maybe they get the maybe New York gets the goal, maybe DC shuts them out. But that first game sells it for me, and the second game, I think. DC's defense is going to be under a little bit of pressure, but that just turns into bonus points. If they, with or without the clean sheet, they still get those bonus points. Um, rings back in the midfield. I don't know if Assad's going to be as useful there. I just, I just see more upside, more safe bets on the defensive end, and I like the money aspect of it. If you start looking at Mora or Briant. And then go back to Mike's take. Um, Ladero and Roldan, or do I have to pick one? Well, if you cut Burnbaum and Assad and go down to Briant, you've just freed up $3 million. 
that's a lot of money towards Roldan right there. Is uh, Vanderweel out on his red card? Or is he back? Yeah, he, Vanderweel is out on the red card of the first game. He, uh, I forget what side he plays. Acosta is usually on the left. Is Vanderweel on the right? Yes. I that could be something to add into as well. Don't quote, don't quote me on that. But one, one other thing to consider, we've talked about, I mean, we've, the kind of the consensus that I think is emerging that the three teams we're looking at for the double game week defenders are Sporting Kansas City, uh, DC, and Seattle. Well, those two other two two teams are a lot more expensive for your even the cheapest defenders. I mean, Breon is definitely the cheapest consistent starting defender of all of them at six point five. Uh, I mean, Sporting Kansas City, you, your three big big guns are all like a ten. Um, and for Seattle, I think the cheapest is Leardom at six. Excuse me, seven point two. Um, I don't remember what key um, Kim he is, but um, yeah, I think you're going to be spending a lot more if you're going to somewhere somewhere else. I don't know where she dropped it. Yeah, uh, great guys. I'm going to cut you off right here so we can just keep moving along. Great discussion. Uh, let's start having just as good of a discussion about forwards. Uh, maybe not. Pretty straightforward, perhaps. Uh, Mike. Kick us off here, and the people of Reddit want to know, uh, is the idea of having a Vela or a Martinez switcheroo worth the risk, or are you already in the same boat as Tim and Penny on running with three? Um, as of right now, I am running with three. Um, it's mostly because of who the third one is. But um, I don't know if I, I like the – I mean, I could see Vela doing pretty well, but – if I'm going to spend Vela type money, he's got to be in my starting lineup. Um, I just don't have the budget right now to be doing those kinds of switcheroos. I only have um, like 127. If I had like 140, sure I would, you know, talk about doing something like that. But I I just don't have those resources. So I'm forced to choose between the two, and I'm going to pick Martinez. I mean, he's he's so good at home. Um, when he's in front of Atlanta fans and Chicago doesn't have anything to play for. Whereas Vancouver, they still might be fighting for the playoffs. So, and even, you know, they'll be getting a lot of those guys back. So I, I don't see that matchup as being as lucrative as the Atlanta one. Um, for my other forward picks, I have Wayne Rooney. Um, I mean, obviously he's been super hot. Um, I think the, the game against New York city is something that appeals to him as being, you know, a, a Manchester City owned club. He's a Manchester United guy, even though he wears Everton pajamas to go to bed. I think he likes sticking one to the Man City guys. Uh, and then the last one I have is uh, Will Bruin. Um, 4.2. We know Rui Diaz isn't going to start, so he's going to get that start against o Orlando. That's a really good opportunity for me, and he'll probably get some time in the second game. So I'm willing to roll that dice for 4.2. Uh, Tim, Mike, or Tim, Tim and Blaine. What do you want to add to what Mike just said? There we go. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to go Vela Rooney here, right? Like that's the gruesome twosome. But by the way, I just want to point out, you said straightforward before as we were coming into the forwards. I, I thought it was a real nice touch. Um, <laughs> yeah, going to go Vela Rooney. And I uh, mentioned it before, but uh, Kai Kamara is going to be my, uh, my dark horse third forward here. I think he's just going to have so many balls booted into him that, He's going to have a few decent shots. Um, we'll see if he can knock one in. Yeah, I'm, ty I'm tying my money up in the midfield. Uh, but So I've got Rooney and Bruin as really my only two forwards right here. Um, but there's a, there's a lot to be said for Kai Kamara. Um, like I said earlier, I don't expect Kansas City to keep a clean sheet on the Wednesday game. Um, 
Vancouver just has that way with Kansas City that they will put one by them no matter what happens. And I think it's going to be Kai Kamara on this one. Just too many balls into his head. And then that second match, I mean, it's LAFC, but he's going to get some chances on the break. He's going to get in behind the defense a little bit. It's just the way he plays. And while I don't think Vancouver has a great chance in that game, I think Kai Kamara is going to be one of the highlights of that game. And he's going to keep that back line tied up most of the most of the afternoon. So Kai Kamara is kind of my sleeper there. And then if I was going to go with the single game week guy, I just gut feeling here. It's Chris Wondolowski with the brace and the, and the goal record. It's really, if you, if you're honest about it, it's probably his last shot to get the goals to do this. Their final game is in Seattle. That's not going to be an easy one. That's just Seattle's still kind of on that playoff bubble I don't I don't see them letting up and I just I if I was Wondolowski I wouldn't be looking for it in that last game I'd be looking for it here and it's Colorado Colorado the new look Colorado yeah I mean this is this is Wanda's time to get it done I'm gonna say it now he's gonna get the brace and if you're going with the single game week forward this is where this is the guy to take but we'll be sure to revisit that prediction next week yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> so I just want to say, I know last week we talked about some potential changes in 2019 that we were hoping for, but we're just throwing out there some of the crazy ideas. One we didn't mention that just occurs to me right now is there are so many times this year where I have wished I could have had a fourth forward, at least on my bench. I would love for that fifth midfield spot to be a swing player where we could either pick a midfielder <laughs> or a forward because I could totally see – a lineup this week, and I wish I could do it with Vela and Martinez and Rooney, and then maybe having Bruin or Kamara as a bench guy who could swing in because of some potential away success that they, they might have right there. But uh, I think you guys nailed some of those top players right there. Um, my one concern about Martinez, and and uh, uh, Mike, see if this has factored into you, without Almiron, do you have worries that that will allow the defense to more strongly focus on him without having to worry about that pressure? Or do you think people like Viaba or Gressler are going to take that away? Barco? Uh, I think they'll take that that away. I mean, if we, if we were talking about a playoff matchup, sure. Um, but I don't think Chicago is organized enough defensively for it to matter. Uh, I think Martinez is still going to be able to get behind him while they're not as dynamic as Almiron. Uh, I think they'll still be able to pick him out and, and, and get him opportunities. So that's kind of my thinking um, there. Whereas, you know, I don't see Vancouver as being a very good defensive team this year. Um, I mean, you kind of look at their defenders. Who else do they really have other than Waston? I mean, they're starting Norwiski, Levis, and Henry. Um, so I don't see as much um, for them for, for Vela. So that, that's why I'm going with Joseph Martinez. Although I do agree that Almiron being out – lowers his potential, not least because Almiron has been really good about picking out uh, Joseph Martinez's runs. Um, now, I, I do want to kind of push back against Kai Kamara um, as a pick. Like, if you look at Vancouver's lineup, they've been running the last game, they run the 4-1-4-1 uh, under their new manager with Robinson out. Um, if you look at that bank of four behind them, three of those guys are going to be out international for that midweek game. So... I mean, I guess Breck Shea is going to be the one booting it to him. Um, you know, I, I assume that Sporting Kansas City can, like, between Igo Parra and Matt Beasler, shut down Breck Shea crosses to Kai Kamara. If they can't, then they should not make the playoffs. Like, period. Okay. 
now look, Brexha is coming down that left side. He's going to be playing opposite Zussi. Uh, Zussi likes to get forward. This is going to be one of those games where I think Kansas City is going to try to push the tempo. And Shea is going to be getting one-on-one with Icopara, and he's got that wicked left foot. Um, that's, that might be best-case scenario for Vancouver in this one because there's always a vacancy there, and Opara has been suspect this year doing the one-on-one defending out wide. I'm going to point out that Vancouver lost 6 nothing to Sporting Kansas City when they were at Children's Mercy Park, so... I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for those. I'm going to leave it out there. Uh, let's move on to captain real quick. Uh, Blaine, start us off here. Any pros, cons? Who are you looking at? Um, Lily picked Acosta, so that's who I'm going with. Um, I gave her options between Acosta, Rooney, and Ladero, and she pretty strongly went straight for the Acosta card, and that's the one she kept. Okay. Uh, Mike? Um. I'm going to have it on uh, Wayne the Swamp uh, unless Ladero plays. And if Ladero plays, I will probably switch it to him. Okay, Tim. He's number 10 in your programs. He's number one in your heart. Carlos Vela. (laughs) Okay. I like it. I like it. All right, guys. Final thoughts. Anything else? Here's your chance that you want to add about tips for any player position for round 34. Uh, and then Reddit particularly wants to know if you haven't mentioned it already, who you think the biggest differential could be. Tim. Well, I think, uh, you know, it's sort of a weird pick, but I think Vela like has another 18 point round. Like I think he just goes to town against Vancouver. So that's going to be my differential pick is slapping the armband on him. Uh, what I'm going to say is Orlando does have two home games. I mean, and it is a West Coast matchup all the way from, you know, Seattle coming across. And then Columbus has been struggling. So if you want to go differential, load up on Orlando. I mean, bring in Dom Dwyer, bring in Sasha Kalashin. Um, I, mean, I have Sasha and O'Neal on the bench as part of uh, Auto Ruse right now. Like, why not? You know, we haven't talked a, lot, a whole lot of Orlando. I think most people overlook them. If if you're looking for differentials, say, hey, home games rule over everything and roll that dice. Wayne. I'm going to double down on it and say Wanda is probably the biggest differential this week. I I see history coming this week. He's going to get it, and that's where it is. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for those uh, player picks and game discussions. Let's move into wrapping everything up here with our community time. A big update. This is our playoff round, playoff section of the community time, and uh, I am gone. I have been eliminated. Kyle McElhinney, uh knocked me out pretty handily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knocked it up. Uh, my my subpar picks right there in that captaincy really cost me. Uh, so I am out, uh, but I am in good company as well. Uh, ben Bayer was also knocked out, as was Tim knocked out uh, of it. And then uh, next week we're going to have Matt Pollard on the show. He, too was knocked out uh, in this uh, first round of our... So is uh, anyone on this podcast still in, in the in league? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. That sets <laughs> up our semifinal round, which uh, leaves Mike as the only representation that we have uh, from the podcast on the host's Invitational League. So it is Coleman's Not Hot, which is our good buddy Phil Lutford, who is going up against Mike, and then Older Goaler versus Kyle. So that will be 
uh, a big match. Uh, hats off as well to uh, Phil and older goaler who came away co-high scores in our league, uh, 92 points in that last match. So uh, uh, Tim was second with 87, so he had a, a bad pick of the draw right there. So bad luck at the draw right there, Tim, getting getting that matchup against older goaler. Yeah, and by the way, I got super, super lucky because Matt definitely forgot to lock in his picks before LAFC played. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let him talk about that next week. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. I, I felt kind of bad. I mean, not yeah. really, but like I felt like I should feel bad. All right. Thank you so much, guys, uh, for a great show tonight. Remember to give us feedback on this new format. Uh, but before we leave, let's get the plugs. Tim. Uh, yeah, you can check me out uh, at Soccer Captains on Twitter and Facebook and www.soccercaptains.com. Thanks again for having me on, guys. Always a pleasure. Blaine? Uh, nothing from me this week. Mike? No, nothing really. All right. And, of course, for me, you can check out everything that I do over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. You can also join the live Discord chat right there on the right side of the screen. Uh Lots of fun things happen there, especially some of the discussion with some of the best fantasy players in the league right there. You can also go over to Reddit, r slash fantasy MLS, to see where a lot of the posts get aggregated from all around the web uh, with lots of helpful tips from, from players and rate my teams and just questions. Older Goler posts stuff on there about uh, fun little themes that he puts out for the, the Fantasy Boss League. So uh, check that out for some good discussion. And finally, head over to MLSsoccer.com to catch my regular article about player picks and uh, Skylar Redpath's articles about player rankings. Uh, two more weeks left before it's all said and done. Prize money is on the line. So uh, that being said, good luck. <laughs>